Welcome to The Africanist, the podcast that critically examines current issues in Africa and the African diaspora, as well as rediscovers the hidden figures and histories that transformed the lives of Africans and people of African descent. I am your host, Pamba Njai. Yo Allah sugan ni musibani Yo Allah adu jam to Rwanda Today we have a special guest her name is Stacy Bailinjai Stacy is the founder and director of Bridge Kids International which is a global nonprofit organization based in Louisville Kentucky Bridge Kids or BK as we commonly call it tries to help young people of Africa and those of African descent unleash their leadership capacities. In that sense, young folks who work with Bridge Kids try to identify uh, community issues and bring creative solutions to them. So they work on projects around education, girls' rights, health, environment, and economic development. Stacy, welcome to the Africanism. Thank you for having me. It's my honor. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who is Stacy Bailinja? <laughs> well, um, I currently um, live in Louisville, Kentucky, but I'm originally from New York City, from Jamaica, Queens. Um, and I, uh, my background is in higher education. And so I, that has been my career for 20 plus years in student development. Um, and um, I moved from New York to Kentucky to work at the University of Louisville, the Muhammad Ali Institute for Peace and Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in 2014, um, I left that job to focus full time on Bridge Kids. All right. Uh, so um, you've been you have a special relationship with Africa, right? Uh, Bridge Kids does a lot of work on the African continent. And uh, if I understand correctly, you also have been going back and forth uh, to Africa for the last 20, uh, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So what is your relationship with with Africa? Well, I think like the first I went for the first time, like as a tourist, really on a pilgrimage in 1998. And um it changed my life. Like I went, I went because I wanted to again make that connection to, mm-hmm. you know, the motherland, homeland. Like into to, um, as an African American, um, for me, and I, I still think it's very much it's important. I think for people to mm-hmm. know for yourself, yeah. you know, instead of relying on somebody else's, um, um. Just not not just description, but somebody else's idea and somebody else's narrative, mm-hmm. you know, on what you know Africa is about. Um, and you're not going to even if you visit one country, you're not learning all about Africa. But yeah. to have your own experience, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so I went, and so um, it just like I said, it changed mm-hmm. my whole perspective. I mean, I think I realized that there actually there is a connection, at least for me. I mean, I felt it down in the depths like of my spirit i mean i realized that there were some some like sort of holes in me that i didn't even know existed mm-hmm. um you know to be uh and and, and i could see i could see myself mm-hmm. you know there mm-hmm. um but i also saw that you know the differences but i also saw the beauty like, like we're never told about how beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know africa especially in senegal like being on the coast and mm-hmm. all of that and i could in that my first experience going to gore you know mm-hmm. island and um having that spiritual connection and mm-hmm. knowing that um you know it was like a victory mm-hmm. uh, to be able to return Uh, that that meant a lot and so the next year I took my first group I'm like more people have to do this you know it'll it you know because it will matter whatever it is some people are going to have extremely positive experiences some people are going to have 
you know, a different kind of experience. But whatever it is, let it be your own. Yes. You know, so yeah. you can develop your own ideas Definitely. and you know, have your own story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I've been bringing groups for 20 plus years, mm-hmm. uh, usually every couple of years or so. Yeah. Um, and, um, and Bridge Kids came out of, it all kind of happened around the same time, mm-hmm. but some of those relationships that I began to develop Mm-hmm. They are definitely helped um, the organization to grow. Yeah. So when you say when you say groups, uh, do you mean uh, groups of business folks or students? It's mostly or... been students. It's I mean okay. because again I worked in higher education, so yes. it's mostly students, but mm-hmm. not all. We had like staff and other people who came, mm-hmm. and then um, you know more recently, it's been um, community. You know people. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, young adults <laughs> more so, yeah. but it's I mean, but there's a range, yeah, and there's always generally because we but mm-hmm. we, we would take faculty and staff members and other stuff too, so there was always a range um, of people, and mm-hmm. and not only African Americans, but I love taking African Americans, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So you, diaspora. you 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 did mention that um, experimenting one country in Africa doesn't necessarily give mm. you the whole continent mm-hmm. so which countries uh, on the continent uh, have you visited so far and which of those countries was the first you went to oh well senegal that's my that's my second home you know so okay. senegal is the first place mm-hmm. i went and i've been back i can't even count really the number of times that i've been back but mm-hmm. um i've also been to gambia ghana rwanda mm-hmm. um Morocco, yeah. mostly in passing. <laughs> like I haven't okay. spent too much time in Morocco. I feel like I'm forgetting someplace. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's 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 quite that's quite impressive. Mm. I mean, that's probably more countries that uh, most most Africans or you know people in the African diaspora already. So, and um, now in terms of your your organization, Bridge Kids International, right? Um, how long has the organization been working in Africa and the African diaspora? Well, we were officially founded in 2003 mm-hmm. um, because starting around 1999-ish, um, that's when I became involved in this. Um, there was an international video conference for the Day of the African Child. Mm-hmm. And uh, a person who's now a, who's now a friend of mine, and she's actually the chair of the board, and we co-founded the organization together. She was the one who was putting it together, Dr. Mm-hmm. Susan Stukes, and um, and, and it was a, a a live video conference that was before you know Facebook living mm-hmm. and you know where you or WhatsApp and WhatsApp, all of that, yeah. you know. <laughs> and we um, had. Um, young people from several countries mm-hmm. to um, get a chance to see each other um, using through video conferencing technology. Um, and they would each develop a project mm-hmm. idea. And the, it was something like the idea was you, what we focused on was, you know, first of all, what are the issues that impede your development? I mean, that was one of the questions that we um, asked. That was actually in 2002. And we mm-hmm. came up with that's how we got the Bridge Kids five focus areas, economic development, education, environment, girls' rights, and health came from mm-hmm. what young people said in the video conference that mm-hmm. um, impede their development. But then how can you address that? Like, what are some practical ways that you could do? So it was all about self-determination. And so they would come up with these amazing proposals. I mean, it got to the point where we had like simultaneous translation, embassies involved. We worked with the, our partner was the Schomburg Center um, for Research in Black Culture in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And we went through all black universities, HBCUs, to do all of the technical, you know, connecting and stuff. So it was like an all black affair. And so um, <laughs> we, um, but it was amazing because the last, and they would present and they would critique each other and, you know, support each other. And the last like 20 minutes or so, we just let them talk. Mm-hmm. You know, the young people talk to each other. And I remember the biggest one, it was like five countries, but again, different languages. So even so, we had translation going on and all that. Mm-hmm. And we would say, okay, so, you know, just talk. And they're like, oh, you look like my cousin. Come visit me and all of this. Mm-hmm. And we said, like, this isn't cool. Like for us to do this once a year, they come up with these brilliant ideas and then it's over. So Bridge Kids was formed um, officially in 2003 to 
like sort of make the the mission of to carry out the mission of that video conference. So to help them and support young people as they developed practical solutions to challenges in their lives and communities, and then to connect them with each other. Awesome. So um, now, could you uh, tell us like some of the projects that uh, specifically uh, Bridge Kids has been working on, mm-hmm. and how does uh, the organization functions in those places that uh, you have you have groups, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, how does the organization function? Yeah, so we have um, what we call bridge kids groups, and like traditionally, a bridge kids group has been like young people ages thirteen to thirty, mm-hmm. um, and they will form. Um, and it's they formed in various ways. Like sometimes it's been us reaching out. Like in Senegal, we worked with um, um, University Gaston Berger in Saint Louis, and we met with like talked with friends there, and they helped you know get it organized and staff. And other times, I've had folks contact me online. Like even that's how our group in Ghana got started. That's how our group in Malawi, I think, got started. And um, but it, it but there's a certain type of fit because I always say like we're not save the children we're like children save yourselves you know what I mean so if people mm-hmm. are looking for us to mm-hmm. you know just sort of donate money money and stuff like that that's not what it's not do. You, you will not into charity no it's not that like this is really about young people developing the skills and mm-hmm. the mindset mm-hmm. to figure out okay maybe you can't change everything at once you know mm-hmm. but like we all know that like in you know our uh, the problems can be very complex mm-hmm. and you know if we wait for that million dollars or more than that that's you know that's going to that we're going to need to change things then nothing's going to change because that's you know true. it may or may not come that's right. quite often it doesn't come <laughs> right and if it comes we're not the one in charge of it right mm-hmm. so what is it that we can do there's always something that you can do and if you start small and you learn that, you know, make mistakes, that's okay, but start small, mm-hmm. then you have those victories and you can build off of that. You get skills, you get tougher, you get, you know, yes. just one, mm-hmm. and then you can take on more, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the idea. So currently you are operating in the United States mm-hmm. and the the organization is headquartered in Louisville, it's Kentucky. It's in Louisville, yeah. Yeah, we moved it here once I lived, once I moved here. And okay. So we've been here. So what, what, what we do in the U.S. is a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, but um, we still are always kind of striving to get some of that same model kind yes. of going. Mm-hmm. But we're also in um, Ghana. Ghana. Um, we had a group in Congo. They're now in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um Rwanda, Malawi, Senegal. Okay. Yeah. So it's all together six countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, let's let's take a, a, a group in like the Ghana group, for instance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are they currently working on in terms of projects? Ghana is very interesting because mm-hmm. they started out with just a literacy project in the school in their community they're outside of Accra they're like about an hour or so outside of Accra mm-hmm. um, and they had that that program is called my book my friend and it was about you know um, working with a um, I think it's primary school mm-hmm. secondary school and right in the community anyway mm-hmm. helping to improve literacy so they got books in they tracked reading they work with the teachers they came in supported that kind of thing mm-hmm. and over time they actually moved to another <laughs> excuse me um, community in their area doing that it was very successful mm-hmm. and community members in the area that did not have a, a school asked them to start a school so now the Bridge Kids Ghana School exists, and um, and it's interesting. Because, I mean, this is all from them. Like it's, I mean, actually, we were the board was like, oh no, we don't want to get into starting schools because that's like a whole you know mm-hmm. load of issues that can come along with that. But yeah. they were insistent because this is something that the community wanted, and so they have since built a building. Um, and again, at, this is a scale. Um, that's one of the things that's different. Like you can take like less than $10,000, you know, which has been like over time putting money in and build a building and have, Mm -hmm. and, you know, get a school off the ground. 
you can do that there. Here, you cannot. Now, that doesn't necessarily sustain it, mm -hmm. but you can, you know, it's doable. And so that's exciting. And they also have water projects they're working on. They're starting to, we have, we've partnered with another organization here in Louisville called Waterstep. And so they have some um, clean water issues um, in their community, but they're also starting a bleach making business. We helped one of the young ladies there. Mm -hmm. um, go to um, learn tailoring mm -hmm. or and and so she wants to start a project you know teaching other you know young people how to do that so it's like it clearly they're they're a great example because they started out with something small and then they're taking on more and more and more responsibilities it's not easy but they're very determined and um, that's the kind of thing we walk with them. We never say that we're gonna do it all for them. Like it's not it's not like that. But yeah, and like another example, like our this is a group in um, like I said, they were in Congo and because there was conflict, you know, there there was some a number yeah, of issues. Mm -hmm. They moved to Kenya where they're basically now living um, in a refugee community, you know, for the most part. They're out of, they're not like in a camp or anything, they're out there in the community. And you know we worked on some ideas. They have to do a proposal. They have to, you know, we have to approve it. We go back and forth and try to flesh out the idea because again, mistakes can be made. Like that's okay, but we want to start with you know something okay. that we think is viable. Mm -hmm. And so um, they ended up. The first thing they wanted to do was like, this I don't see enough. I don't think it's gonna work. And it wasn't just me. It was like, <laughs> excuse me, a committee of us. And they, um, but they settled on a small shop where they rent out um, like cooking pots and chairs and like different things for events mm -hmm. um, and sell like small goods, like in a, in a little shop, like drinks and stuff like that. And so, you know, that's, that's working because they're just trying to make money to, it, each group is different, you mm -hmm. know? And so mm -hmm. for them, they're trying to make money for school fees mm -hmm. and to, you know, to support some of their daily life, and that's okay. Like that, that works. Awesome. Like I, I personally uh, had uh, the chance to uh, meet some of the group members or talk with uh, uh, some of the groups, uh, Rwanda, for instance. And can you can you tell us more about the Rwanda group because they also working on some very. Uh, interesting projects yeah they it took a while like they started out doing like english club because the the um language the official language switched from french to english mm -hmm. you know at some point they've been with us for a long time and over time they um settled on opening up an internet cafe a cyber cafe mm -hmm. and um so you know, we got some support. We had another organization that helped to sponsor that. And with like a little less than $5,000, they got this thing up and running. And then they bought more equipment. So now they have like, they do, I guess people make beats or something. Like they have recording equipment and mm. stuff there. And they're, they're paying for like some school fees, some, oh, they, and they also are teaching, like com using computers and, and, and all that. So it's skill building for their community. And um, so they're, you know, paying salaries and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. they are also like paying for some of the like health insurance for some of the members. Um, it's not yet to a place where it's paying, you know, like the right big money. Yeah. But they are they are, they're now in need of more computers and, you know, things that they, they want to grow and they eventually want to have their own um, get their own land and like build their own space too. you know, so. And, and it's so doable like yeah. they, they can absolutely do that yeah yeah and and I think um, it would just be right to seize this occasion to um, tell our listeners that if you know of any organization that is donating computers right they can contact uh, Bridgekis International and um, we have a website we'll uh, give you the name of the website uh, later on but if you have any or know of any organization that uh, uh, donates computers, uh, printers, and stuff like that, they can contact Bridgekis International. Yeah, and I think and one of the things I would say to that, what's, in, what's interesting, I think a lot of times here, like when we talk about in the West and stuff, like we'll say, okay, let's like, 
send them a bunch of stuff, which which is possible. It's not easy, and it's and it can be expensive, you know, to send stuff over. We like try to get money and like send them the money, and they can buy things there and support their local economy and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So that really is almost like the easiest way to do it. Okay. You know? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody heard the message. <laughs> um, so now, um, what is one of the things that is interesting about this organization is that it only uh, focuses on a certain age range. Mm. Uh, so people aged between 13 and 30. Mm-hmm. So why is that? Like, why did you uh, choose that age range? And also, what do uh, these young folks who are in the British Kids groups gain in terms of skills and uh, in terms of leadership? I, I, that's the age range where folks are learning um, how to, first of all, they have a capacity to like do something like real that's mm-hmm. lasting. And I think, and that's what, cause we're not looking for like kind of sexy quick fixes. That's like kind of what's the latest fad. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because it, that doesn't last, you know, we're, these are real people with like real issues, like in their lives. And then, and so, we're really looking to try to address that. And I think that age group, folks are open to learning. Mm-hmm. Um, they are open, they got a lot of energy. Um, they're idealistic. <laughs> they wanna, you know, they don't mind trying. Yeah, and you know, it. yeah, uh-huh. just a lot of and, and excitement. And um, they are, you know, they're, they're willing, they're just, they're willing mm-hmm. and willing to learn and willing to, to try. And they can get it done, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I love the range because then it brings up some younger uh, folks as like, say, folks into their teen years on the younger end. Mm-hmm. They can learn from the older, um, older ones. We, we started out as 13 to 25 and then our folks started getting older. And then yeah. really a lot of folks <laughs> like, I'm bridge kids for life. Like, it's like, OK, whatever. Like, you know, so the age range here in the U.S., we started doing things with even younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's, but that's a lot of more like the cultural awareness, mm-hmm. you know, kind of activities that we do here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that that's why uh, I think we do that age. But was there a second part of the question? Yeah, like what do they gain uh, in terms of skills, leadership? Do you guys have uh, uh, training? That yeah, we do some. Yeah, them, like we're, or, there are certain things, mm-hmm. and, and we definitely want to grow in that area. But we, yeah, we have what we call these like. Um, bridge kids um, like sort of like learning guides you know and we kind of walk with them mm-hmm. through the process and so they're going to learn how to plan mm-hmm. um, because again they have to do proposals of their project they have to mm-hmm. learn how to budget so budget planning to, business exactly planning exactly and, okay. depending on because a lot of our groups have economic development projects and mm-hmm. so yeah there is like we have so we have our own questions we ask that are kind of like a business plan yeah. but not as stringent you know as mm-hmm. a as a business plan that you mm-hmm. the formal business plan and then um again they're learning how to work with others mm-hmm. how to seek support um for their projects how to um how to talk to folks <laughs> you know they yeah, have to do important. like a pitch you know communication um, yeah exactly and so you know all those kinds of the like life skills i mm-hmm. think that are going to serve them in lots of different ways awesome and then um so of course uh this is this is a this is a huge mission to mm. undertake right because like you said uh you were in several countries you work with several um people and interact with you know other organizations whether uh the government entities or other non-profit organizations so uh you certainly have encountered uh, a lot of challenges mm-hmm, yeah, right sure. since 2003 when it was founded so can you can you tell us more about like some of the major challenges Ooh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you've encountered so far it's interesting because I mean, there are little challenges, like you said, and there are big challenges. And I know, like, Bridge Kids International, so so we've been talking a lot about the Bridge Kids groups. And then Bridge Kids International, we also have work 
that we do, mm-hmm. usually in the countries where we are. It depends. It just depends on the situation, right? Mm-hmm. But we had a big project we were trying to do in Senegal, mm-hmm. you know, and we ran into some issues with government, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of there were some, some things we were trying to get done. Mm-hmm. And it just, because of whatever the political environment like, was like at the tape, moment. Administration. It, it, exactly. Tape, and then, you know, you have people on the ground who have their relationships. Mm-hmm. And th- because that's the thing, like we work with people who are on the ground. Like I don't run a bridge kids group, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm not there, you know, so our, our job is to support. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, but we were, that project was a bridge kids international project. And so I was like deeply involved. We were trying to do this um, earth brick factory. We were going to, it was a great, great project, great mm-hmm. idea, but it just, it just never happened, you know, because we just got stalled. Um, and so I think you also, that was painful but it was really a learning experience too. And um, it also caused me to try to do some more work here in the US because I actually, up until 2014, you know, when I left, you know, my full time job, because up until that time, we were all volunteer organization. Um, and then it was like, okay, let, this has so much potential, but if we don't give it the attention that it deserves it will never reach its potential you know Mm -hmm. and so i said okay well i'm going to take a leap and and you know do this so i started doing some work here in the u.s and trying to figure out what the message of bridge kids could be here Mm -hmm. because um you know i knew that i could i could work you know there's some certain things i could do here that might be more difficult because you there's so many variables that you kind of can't control and then i think one of the other things that's a challenge like We've had ongoing technology challenges because yeah. because we connect, you know, we try to connect with each other, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not always on, easy. No, <laughs> depending on if it's rainy, it's the rainy season, yeah, or yeah. if you mm-hmm. know, it's supposed to necessarily have broadband like all the time. Like it's getting better, like but the mm-hmm. technology just doesn't always work. Okay, um, and um, you know, there's also you know just funding issues, but also capacity because it's doing things. Um, you know, connecting, you know, online and all that, that's great. But there's nothing like being in the same space mm-hmm. with folks and the level of learning. And plus, yeah. they need mm-hmm. us to come and like they need to know that like we care enough to come, to come. like, you know, and yes. be there to really see the environment, you know, connect mm-hmm. with the people they want us to connect with mm-hmm. and be there to support and really think through and problem solve together. Like, mm-hmm. and they need that. And I think there's mm-hmm. more of that that mm-hmm. we want to be able to do like we've had these bridge kids camps like yeah. a couple of camps like mm-hmm. we were trying to do one this year actually but then coronavirus hit the world and so yeah, hopefully we'll do it next year mm-hmm. but to have like a couple of representatives from mm-hmm. each we call this summit now not a camp mm-hmm. but um to have each um from each group come together mm-hmm. and that's where they get to learn from each other we're trying to develop to develop some more global models Mm -hmm. that they can share the groups can share you know um, amongst with each other so they you know we may have one group that has more expertise in a particular area so then they can share it with another group then so that's that's the area of growth that we're trying to get to okay awesome so um you you mentioned earlier that um you were trying to or when you left your job in 2014 you were trying to uh uh, basically figure out what the message would be in the United States, like mm. British international message. Have you have you figured that out? I think so, yeah. Okay. We've gotten to the uh-huh. place where we, we've sort of landed on, I mean, I think the, what sets us apart is this is focus on African heritage culture mm-hmm. as really a tool. It, it took some learning and some stumbling, you know, to kind of get yeah. there. And I think it's also, one of the things, one of the big differences that I see is that here, like in the U.S., um, of course, we have many challenges, you know, but it's not as easy. Like you can't just put up a school like, you know, I, mean, I guess technically I guess you could and like, you know, but not really. Like, you know, it's it's a it's more the, the, the systems can be a little bit more complicated um, to navigate. The ch- you know, it takes a whole lot more money, you know, mm-hmm. to get things done here. You can't you know, it's just like more regulation. It's just it's just a lot more. So the model is kind of different. Kids are very, very sometimes like over, you know, involved in stuff Mm -hmm. and getting it. It's just, you know, it's a 
it's, it's just different. The mm-hmm. whole, all the dynamics are very, very different. So mm-hmm. we've had Bridge Kids groups here, mm-hmm. you know, and then they graduate, <laughs> you know, and then they go on and they leave, you know, the community and, and it doesn't, you know, so it's, um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different um, and, and sort of harder. And so we've mm-hmm. done some, so, but we focus on um, our kind of slogan right now is culture is the cure. Culture is the cure. Yeah, right. Okay. I mean, that there's so much that um, knowing your culture, um, there's so much that African heritage culture has to offer. Um, when we look at, you know, health, we look at, um, you know, just our identity, um, lessons, you know, I mean, just wisdom. And yeah. there's so much that, um you know, there is to learn and we've been so separated, you know, Mm -hmm. those of us in the diaspora too often, not all the time, but too often have been separated kind of from that knowledge. And so we're trying to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, teach ourselves, um, help teach young people, help young people teach older people, you know, and just like to even try to Mm -hmm. adapt some of what we learn Mm -hmm. to address some of our, um, some of the things that we need to address here. Mm -hmm. Like learn, really learn to respect and trust our own wisdom. Awesome. So now, as somebody who spent quite a quite some time uh, in Africa, uh, you epitomize what I call uh, diaspora recrossing. And by diaspora recrossing, I mean um, people of African descent who go back to the continent of their origin uh, to discover their cultural heritage and sometimes go beyond discovering and decide to settle or open businesses. Uh, and we've had a lot of instances of, of that, especially in Ghana, for instance, mm. where we have over 10,000 African-Americans mm. currently living, you know, uh, living there. So uh, how important is it for African-Americans today? to physically reconnect with Africa? That's the first question. And then what kind of economic opportunities can Africa offer to African-American or people of African descent in general? Mm-hmm. I think, again, so this is my opinion. It's not for everybody, right? You know, but uh, for people who are curious, um, I, got, I said, I think at the beginning, it's important for people to have their own experience um because we have these sometimes romantic notions Mm -hmm. um those of us who are maybe were born and raised in the diaspora especially as they call the the old diaspora versus the new diaspora whatever but you know it sometimes it's romantic or sometimes it's completely negative you know these images that we have on what we've been told about um you know our you know original um, our origins and you know for people who are curious I think it's it's, it's critical to go yourself mm-hmm. you don't know until you go right until you Definitely. step foot and mm-hmm. have and you meet people and have conversation and um, smell the air like you know and put your foot you know on the ground that's having an experience, your own experience, and that's where the deepest knowledge comes from, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, it's just in theory. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody won't have the opportunity to do that, mm-hmm. you know? So then, yeah, putting yourself, we have lots and lots of Africans here, <laughs> like get to know people, spend some time, you know? Mm-hmm. Try the different food, like, you know, because I think there's, again, for people who have that yearning, um, I think there's a, a place where we heal, we have an opportunity to heal when we do that because mm-hmm. we can have truth. I mean, I took a group of, in 2016, a group of um, African-American artists, young artists. Um, so we had, you know, poets and musicians and dancers and had like the most amazing experience. But the thing that was so moving to me, and I just knew, I just knew, it's like, you all have to go because they could also begin because they were artists i think to share um in ways that maybe i can talk about it but they can you know art talk art speaks in different ways like connect with Mm -hmm. people and they can and and they could share that but for so many of them 
again, it was like, it, it again, changed their lives, but it was like a fundamental mm-hmm. experience in getting clear clarity about their identity. You know, I mean, I had a, a very young woman who's like very put together, you know, her, she said, I mean, I thought I had it all together. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't, because it, it causes you to ask yourself questions you wouldn't ask otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it um, again, it just, it clarifies things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think it's important for people especially African-Americans, to understand that you are a global citizen. Like your identity Mm -hmm. is not just here. It didn't just start, you know, when somebody enslaved your people. Like that's not the, and, you know, you you, you, you hear from some people, it's like, well, I'm not African, like I'm American, whatever. Well, true, of course you're American. But I do believe that their geography does matter. Like, you know, I mean, that, that you, that you, there's a place where you belong, you know? There's a place that, um, like where does your, not, not, I'm not talking about dancing rhythm, but where does the rhythm of your heartbeat come from? Like, you know, like where, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to describe and like, and, and talk about, but there was mm-hmm. a certain settling in my spirit, mm-hmm. you know? So it's something you, you feel, like you cannot exactly. necessarily describe the feeling, but, you know, exactly. when you have it, you know it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I come from somewhere. I belong mm-hmm. somewhere. Because I think there's so much about our identity um, here has to do with struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, because for good reason, you know. And it's, there's always, there's always a, like, yes and or yes but. And like, you know, mm-hmm. about our identity here. Mm-hmm. That is something that's just not quite right there's always this thing of trying to fit mm-hmm. you know make it fit and make it right make somebody see me and somebody see my value and my worth right and then when you go to some place because of because of the fact that you are black or african heritage right mm-hmm. if you can go someplace and that's not the issue mm-hmm. like that it may cause you to question some other things like what is the issue you know but yeah. it's not that you know um It's important. It's important to understand, again, that you are a part. The whole world is yours. The whole world, you know. And and I think that I remember the first time I went, there was something about even being on that plane. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and the moment that we took off, I was like, I'm about to go somewhere, right, and meet these people who are living their lives. It has nothing to do with me, right? You know, they're going to a whole different. So there was that in addition to like the cultural piece and all of that. But it's like, I'm about to, I'm leaving behind what I know, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm about to like enter this adventure. Um, and it turned out to be like the adventure of a lifetime, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's interesting because um, in the United States, uh, particularly many people, whether they're African-American or not, uh, learn about Africa through the media, mm. right? Uh, through Hollywood uh, and, uh, and of course, the portrayal of Africa um, in what we call mainstream media is not always the most positive portrayal, right? So you see disease, mm. war, um, right. hunger, and all of that. And of course, if I see that on TV all this time, um, I am not going to be motivated to to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that uh, those stuff does not exist in in Africa, but Africa is a huge place. Mm-hmm. It's a big place, right? There is there is there are more positive things going on on the continent than what sure. you know the media most of the time uh, make make it seem like. Mm-hmm. So, don't you think that maybe if Uh, people of African descent uh, saw more more positive image of Africa, right? That could be more, they would be more incentivized. I think think, think they would. Because I think uh, people are always surprised. Mm -hmm. Like when they go, um, people are always surprised at how, like I said, not just how beautiful, but that there's 
development. You know, I mean, there's so much. I mean, mm-hmm. people are putting up like big buildings. These are big cities that we're, you mm-hmm. know, generally visiting. And, you know, we'll go out into more rural areas generally like during our trips. But you know, we, I start people off comfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that that's not a dis- not distraction. So they can see around them. How people are just living their everyday lives mm-hmm. like you know i mean it, it's uh, and i think that's the thing that strikes people they're like wow like this is really livable like you know i mean it's just people are just living yeah. their lives yeah like, I, I, and, I i i personally remember because i myself went to africa several times with uh, people of african descent but um i remember this uh uh instance i was in uh i was walking working in an office here in in uh, Louisville and then I was looking up uh, hotels in mm-hmm. in the car right and then one of my co-workers uh, saw the, the image on the on the screen and said she asked what place is this I said oh this is the car I said what I said the car that's where I'm from and she was she was shocked that what they have nice hotels like this in, in Africa like in my mind I was like what do you what do you mean yeah, what do you people don't realize you know? that so it just tells you how um uneducated people can be about the african continent yeah and folks don't know yeah. i mean you just don't know like I mean, because just the information is just not there the images are mm-hmm. not there i mean because we and we learn and first of all there's not enough at all mm-hmm. you know positive or negative you don't get a lot of information here mm-hmm. about what's going on. And then and then a lot of what you do get is negative. And so you just don't, mm-hmm. I mean, people are there, you don't know. And that's why I think it's important to go and see for yourself because then you get more curious and start to learn, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I remember bringing home pictures on one of my early trips and I was talking to my friend. And again, like these are people, like well-educated people, mm-hmm. right? And I'm showing you like, their living room looks like that. Like they have couches and stuff. I was like, "What are you talking about?" They have no, I, 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 I get like I get questions <laughs> like that all the time too. Like questions such as, "Do you guys live in trees?" I mean, this this mm. is this is I mean, real. Just... I've gotten questions like, "I mean, other Africans have similar experience." Yeah. You know, it's just that uh, some people or many people cannot fathom uh, an Africa where people live normally mm-hmm. right? where people right. drive cars and you know live in nice houses and right. buildings, yeah. highways and stuff like that and i also remember um going to africa with one of my friends that was last year actually and we were leaving the airport and getting on the highway and the whole time he was just taking pictures. I said, oh, my God, I didn't know they have this and that, you know. Mm-hmm. Look at the highway and stuff. I'm like, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Like, that's, that should not be, you know, something exactly. something amazing. Like, it's people people drive cars, right? You, you need you need highways, roads, mm-hmm, right, 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 for cars right. and stuff like that. So those simple, you know, stuff that I as an African or many Africans take for granted. Mm-hmm. It kind it kind of amazes them, right? Know, right? When they, right? Exactly. When they when they see it, or and I think like it's interesting people. because I don't know. I don't. I have no idea about any research, or whatever done. But I see like on Netflix, like there's more like African movies and stuff now on Netflix. And I guess oh, maybe yeah, because you know once you watch one or watch some, then you get they start to show up. Yeah, they definitely you know? having more and more. And I wonder uh, if more people content. are watching them like you know and you know seeing things you know differently and what that's doing Mm -hmm. you know to people's image you know I wonder what impact that's having you know Mm -hmm. Um, because it's about normalizing right and yeah and I think um, um, but again if how would you know you know if unless you had some way or got really curious Mm -hmm. and I think and and one of the things I should have said earlier too is like for me I grew up like a really proud African-American girl. Like, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I thought of like negative about myself or Mm -hmm. anything. So I'm not saying, but Mm -hmm. Africa was not part of my, what I want to say, you know, it wasn't within the realm of what possibility. It wasn't anything I thought about. I learned about 
not that I didn't know that, of course, we came from Africa, but it wasn't something that I developed a curiosity about. Mm -hmm. And so I completely understand that, you know, you can be a proud person like of the diaspora, Mm -hmm. but that not be just sort of the center at part of the center of your identity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it wasn't until like college and like after that I developed when you start to learn more of your history and stuff. And you develop like an interest, you know, and curiosity about that. So, um, in your opinion, what does it, what would it take for more African Americans today to go visit Africa? Just visit. I think so. I think sometimes someone has to put the notion, somebody, somewhere you have to get the notion in your head. Like, first of all, that this is something that is doable for Mm -hmm. me. It's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's a commitment. I think you have to say, okay, yeah. this is something that I really want to do. And I think there need to be ways. I think people need to feel safe mm-hmm. doing that. Um, you know, um, because again, we do have all these images. And like, I mean, go traveling to another country. You need to be yeah, taken care of. Like, yeah, you know, it's always challenging. Guys, like when need, we yeah, come here as exactly. Africans, when we come to the U.S., you know, we have those those fears, like. Is it, is it safe for us, you know, and yep. and all of that? It's it's normal. Those are natural exactly. uh, apprehension. Yes. I think. I think but, if people, mm-hmm. if more people knew how, like had the connection mm-hmm. of you know, oh okay, I know somebody who's planning a trip, or I know somebody who's going, and mm-hmm. you get because I I run across people all the time. Oh, I hear you take people, mm-hmm. you know, like, and they start asking me lots of questions. So I mean, mm-hmm. there may be people who have this as a far distant mm-hmm. idea like just a spark of an idea of something i would love to go one day mm-hmm. but they don't really see it as a realistic or mm-hmm. reality something they could do anytime soon and um you know I do, it's doable like it's very 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 doable yeah. um and so i think it, we, i think we just need vehicles you know for people mm-hmm. to get there and, and i think starting with you know like with kids like, cause I know some young people now, like who I'm, you know, I'm connected to with our camp or other things, who are who really want to go, you know, mm-hmm. at a very young age. Very young I would age. have never thought about that. Too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just to to have them, again, just know mm-hmm. that there are other places in the world that they're connected. Cause we like to connect. I like them to learn about the Caribbean too and learn about so you know so that also when people go to the Caribbean it's not just about like lounging on the beach look there's this cultural piece here too these are your people too you know and so that you know so that it's that there are other places you know um and that there are like black folks in England and there's like they're yeah. black, I mean it's just folks all over the yeah, world you know mm-hmm. and um to, again it's I think curiosity is I think one of the most powerful things that we can help develop in young people and so, um, but, uh, you know, directing that curiosity, you know, to, towards, you know, your, your global family, I think is something that's exciting. Okay. So now, um, Africa is, or oh, many, most places on the continent are now booming economically. Yes. I wanted to get right? back to that because you okay. asked, and you asked that yeah. before. And, and, and you, um, people are coming, investing. Yeah. On the continent, right? Yeah. And... I think that uh, this could be an opportunity for like a tremendous opportunity for people of African descent, especially African-American to go invest in in Africa. Because if, if you take the example of Senegal, uh, which I know, um, you have a lot of folk who are not of African descent. They come there, mm-hmm. they buy, you know, land, mm-hmm. they build businesses. Mm-hmm. They build houses, you know, they go there for vacation and stuff like that. Exactly. So if you see those folks who have no cultural or no, no, um, like cultural connection, direct cultural connection to the Africa doing that, it makes you wonder why not my, why not black folks? You know, why not African Americans? Why not Jamaicans? Why yeah. not? you know, Haitian doing that. But it's that. everything we talked about. Like, yeah. you know, we've talked about that people don't realize, first of all, that you can. That's why I, I keep talking about global citizen. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing, I mean, because there are some other groups of folks who just, like, think, like, the world is, you know, is theirs. You know, so they can go anywhere. Yeah. You know, they can pick and choose and go wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. We need to have that attitude, too. You know? And so, first, so it starts with that. And then, um, 
again, once you, because we don't realize, we don't know, when you think of Africa, you don't think of opportunity. But they're, because again, all the things we talked about, the images. But it is so, I mean, it's very, very doable. And um, I don't think we need to go and necessarily bring our same attitude to like, <laughs> act like anybody, you know. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, like, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the thing. Other folks, like, why are there all these Chinese people in Africa? Because there's opportunity. Definitely. Why are they all these like Europeans opportunity? Mm-hmm. You know, people are that's that there's always been resource there. That's why there have been so many people there. Mm-hmm. And I think if we as um people of the diaspora can go there with you know, a heightened level of respect, I think. I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that'd be helpful. It doesn't always happen. <laughs> but and you can make real money. Like there's real money to be made. And you know, and you can you know, land is um, affordable, different countries have different, you know, policies, you know, mm-hmm. around land ownership and things like that. But you can go and you can build and one of the cool things is that you can build over time. Definitely. You know, which is why here, like you have to take a mortgage because you don't like take, you know, two or three years or whatever to build your house and build it when you have the money to, you know, add more to it. Mm-hmm. But there you can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a different approach, you know, to, to building um, you know, if people like real business people, in addition to real estate, I mean, there's just other you know, resources, other resources and, um, like, like especially technology ex- is, yeah. is is also booming. There are startups popping up exactly. everywhere in uh, urban areas, and uh, and I really think that you know people should uh, people of African descent, because like you said, you, Chinese are going there. Uh, Japanese, mm-hmm. Korean, European, everybody's going to invest yes. uh, on the continent. And I would love to see uh, people of African descent do some of that more. Now, like in places like Ghana, um, you you see some of that. Some mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm, into, mm-hmm. Into and because the government shit. there yeah, has made a particular awesome. effort to reach out. And I'm hearing, mm-hmm. like, it's interesting because I'm. I think other countries are starting to pay attention to that, especially mm-hmm. now that people are doing their ancestry, you know, mm-hmm. and want to go back to a particular country that mm-hmm. they can, like, there's some connection for them as opposed to just like, okay, generally I'm going to go and, you know, mm-hmm. this is just the country I pick. But I think people want to want to be connected and invest in, you know, yeah. and, and more and, mm-hmm. um, you know, people, and, and even for tourism, like, you know, I mean, people, the more people want to go, it benefits it benefits the African continent to oh, have people come in to visit, definitely, you know? Definitely. So they need to, you know, make it easy. And mm-hmm. I think Ghana has been really brilliant, I think, yeah. about that. And just even offering people dual citizenship yeah. or things like that. I think it's important. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Now, I would love to see more of that on the continent. Like, more countries do like Ghana. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, make it easy for mm-hmm. people of African descent to come to visit mm-hmm. right but also live mm-hmm. and invest on the continent and um, the African Union uh, by making the diaspora the sixth region of the continent uh, had some of those ideas in mind like mm-hmm. it was a message to the African diaspora that hey the continent is yours to come and go whenever you want mm-hmm. right and uh, I would love to see more initiatives like Pan-African initiatives mm-hmm. calling for the diaspora to return, to connect and invest and, you know, just make Africa I think Africa so. Like, I think, so. I, think, I think it's more, you know, mm-hmm. there are complications. I, like, I wouldn't definitely. say, like, you know, because it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just step up in somebody's country and act like you own the place. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, you bad. know, that, you know... That's why I think it's important to visit, you mm-hmm. know, to start visiting yes. and like make relate, have relationships with people, mm-hmm. find out where you look. I mean, I, I've been to like several countries, like mm-hmm. Senegal is my spot. Like, you know what I mean? That's just like my home. Like, I love it. And and other people have other connections, other places, like yes. find what feels right and good for you, mm-hmm. you know, but it. You won't know that unless you mm-hmm. actually spend some time. And that's an investment. I mean, it's it an is. investment of time and money. 
mm-hmm. and you know yeah, years sometimes it can take you yeah. to do that yeah. but if you're going strictly for business I mean the same way you would go to Dubai or something for yeah. business then you know it is what it is so but yeah but I think it, it is complicated I think you know I think there is a certain level of respect you want to have you cannot expect another country mm-hmm. to be exactly like your country like your home like mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. you can't go uh, you know it takes i think a certain level of yeah. openness and maturity i think that, that's to, to do that openness too. openness um but you know that, that again there are lots of opportunities you know i think i i, I know it has my connection to the continent, particularly the Senegal, I think has added so much to my life, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, like, so yeah, like investing and buying land and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Something that, you know, has been important to me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, because it also connects you, your future to mm-hmm. there too. Yeah. Like, you know, Definitely. like it's not just, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, um, to be, you know, part of, Mm-hmm. Uh, part of something I wish I could spend more time like the day will come you know like being yeah. God willing where I can spend more time yes yeah, possible you know, and, and, and another uh, remark I made was that I've encountered many people who want to go mm-hmm. and visit but most of the time their fear is they don't speak Mm. the language mm-hmm. whatever language it may be whether for instance I've met people who want to go to Senegal mm-hmm. but they say well I don't speak French I don't speak any of the local languages so mm-hmm. it's going to be hard right so what would you say to people who have that well if you're just going for a fears? visit I mean yeah. then you you hook up with like well unless if you have friends there I mm-hmm. mean you probably know some people who do speak the language but you find a tour company, you know, if you're just yeah. going on a visit mm-hmm. and you're, you'll have tour guides like that have okay. the language. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that's what happened with me, you know, so a lot of the people I know in Senegal do speak English, you know, <laughs> but um, like, like I said, start, make it easy, like, yeah, you know, yeah. for yourself, you know, to get over that first hump. But, yeah. you know, people do appreciate, though. Like when you try. When you try. Yep. Definitely. So if you just like even before you go, like try to learn a few phrases. And it goes a long way. It does. Um and um because it shows a certain again love and respect and effort. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and I think that's fine. And people will give you a lot of grace. You know? Yeah. And they know you very, don't speak the yeah, language. Yeah, they can be very right? patient. Yeah. And they yeah, always exactly. love to see uh what a foreigner try to uh whatever it tries to speak their you know mm-hmm. their language yeah yeah so, it shows a certain like you know love yeah. yeah it's um yeah yeah but i think i think there's so much to learn just about being a human being mm-hmm. you know like when you you travel there's lots of things i've learned you know from you know traveling and mm-hmm. um and then like again you have these relationships like with people mm-hmm. around the world like one of the like i can say this is like a unique blessing like that that i have mm-hmm. I can get like WhatsApp, you know, calls and messages. Hey, mom, like, how are you doing? Like, and it can be from any one of these countries, like, you know, and that that is like, that's a a richness, that's wealth, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's you have people, like, you know, and I get and and um, that that's just a gift, Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's possible, you know. I think, yeah, yeah. So, last question: Um, What are like what future projects uh, is Bridgegates International working on? Yeah, we have some things we're doing here in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Like we're working on actually getting our own space, our own building. It's called our place at Ben Washington Park, and mm-hmm. you know having a breakfast and lunch cafe. It's a whole lot, you know, with that, and, and trying to again do more in terms of the cultural education um, and that kind of thing. I mentioned. Like globally trying to develop you know some models mm-hmm. that um, can be shared um, like internationally um, that that's a big thing I think I would like to I would like to see and this add this more and regionally because we have some groups that are like Central East mm-hmm. you know Africa 
developing like this sort of regional network Mm -hmm. you know there so that they can support each other as well as like the west african folks can support each other and we have a new we just um started um doing some work in camden new jersey Mm -hmm. uh, because our yeah our uh, um, um, board chair um lives in that community and there's like a need for some more programming and, and all of that but i think it, what we do is, if I were to list all the things we do, it's like, it's sort of mind-blowing. It's like, well, how is that all connected? And what is it that you all do? But really, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like we focus on, um, again, using the power of African heritage culture really as a tool to develop and then helping people mm-hmm. to develop that sense of, I can do something. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. we call it like, you know, um, we call it... Um, uh, creative confidence like you know that creative. you have the ability um to create and change like and do and i think those two things together you know that's really what we're about and it looks different depending on kind of where we are but that's what we do awesome all right folks you can learn more about uh stacy by Linjai and bridge kids international and the wonderful projects uh they've been working on on their website uh bridge-kids.org bridge-kids.org you can also uh, donate to the organization if you feel like it and uh, yeah they're doing wonderful things uh, in Africa and the African diaspora Stacy it was a pleasure to have you on our show thank you very much thank you All right, folks, so I will um, talk to you next time and uh, stay tuned.